Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is single-handedly the best and the most important book movie there is out there. And the reason for that being because we have so many things in the movie, such as the book. Now, we're going to talk about it afterwards, but if you do not know me yet, let me introduce myself. So, on the internet, I go by the name Nerds and Numbers, you might as well say NNN. Um, I love making YouTube videos about pretty much everything. Rory Gilmore, productivity tips, study tips, everything. Um, I also love writing. I have a blog on Medium, go check it out if you want to, called Diary of a Nerd, talking about AI, LLMs, uh, talking about a bunch of Kratos and God of War references. Um, and I also love cooking, but more importantly, let's first and foremost, say that I love talking about Harry Potter, talking about books, talking about cool Netflix series and movies, um, talking about science, research papers, and eventually talking about some cool cooking tips or books that I've read. Now that I've gone through this introduction phase, let's talk about today's episode. What are we going to talk about? Well, we on this fourth chapter of our Harry Potter series, if you did not check it all yet, go check it on whatever app or platform you use whether it's spotify apple Podcasts, everything basically um today we're going to be talking about the fourth harry potter um the fourth chapter of a series and that is harry potter and the goblet of fire and you might as well know it as the triwizard tournament now this is the most important harry potter as i said previously for many reasons we've seen for the first time Voldemort to himself entirely. We've seen who are the Dead Eaters, even though we might have known them for a little bit. We might have suspected some characters to be one of them. We know who are they. Who they are, basically. Now, we know that Lucius Malfoy is one of those Dead Eaters who's loyal to Lord Voldemort. You know many things. And so, now that we've gone through those three Harry Potters, now that we're on the fort, we know basically what led to such a turn of events. We know how things turned out this way. But if you do not know how we got to go from a certain point A to point Z, or in this case, since we're not, uh, we haven't fully unfinished the Harry Potter saga to point Let's say D if you want to, or E if you prefer. Let's talk about how we did go from those points. So we start off with a bit of, with a very basic, um, with a very basic start. Very, very, very funny, very chill, very cozy vibes as J.K. Rowling usually usually does. We start off with um, the Quidditch World Cup. Now this is. If not one of the one of the most beautiful introductions to the movie stash book, uh, since it pretty much allows the allowed us to see first and foremost the sports spirit in Harry Potter in the Harry Potter universe, um, and it also allowed us to introduce one of the most important characters uh, that we'll talk about afterwards. Now we have the Weasleys, who um go to the to the Quidditch World Cup and now that we've seen 
how everybody, how everybody was happy, as J.K. Rowling always does, she breaks off this happiness by, you know, introducing a a a, a an important figure role that plays, um, if not the most important role in the movie or the book itself. So now we're introduced to Dead Eaters. Now those kids, I'm talking about Ron, we at Ron, um, Hermione and Harry do not know anything about those Dead Eaters. Especially Harry since he did not know who they were. He was this kind of guy who just stood there and said, those, 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 those cloaked figures. Now, and we are introduced to the more darkest side of Harry Potter. I'm talking about the saga, not the character, by the way. Um, but yeah, we're introduced to the Dead Eaters, and from this point on, we know what's about to come. Talking about Lord Voldemort, who may, may, and I, I'm saying eventually, um, make his appearance. Now that we've encountered with uh, Dead Eaters, Let's talk about Quidditch. Now, Quidditch is one of the coolest sports that we've fortunately uh, that we've fortunately seen on the big screen, um, and that is basically um, football but with broomsticks. It was really cool to see that. A really beautiful scene to have players play the play. Um, but yeah, but this Quidditch. March somewhat served as a platform, you know, to introduce us to introduce us to uh, two characters, two of the most important characters. Um, we were introduced to Victor Crumb, who is um, one of um, one of uh, one of the next Triwizards champion, and. We'll be introduced to a mysterious character who dies afterwards because of um, Harry's mistake, I would say. Or maybe Harry's luck, if this is more appropriate. But yeah, we'll be introduced to those two characters uh, in another second in a few minutes. Just wait. I'll show you. It's worth the, the, the wait. But yeah, we've seen, we, we, we've seen how cork what it was they've encountered that it is but now it's time to go to a more academic vibe if you'd prefer let's go back to hogwarts now hogwarts this year is a little bit special and the reason for that is because hogwarts has the chance to host a legendary event and that is the trails tournament now, the show is that tournament is not your average stars usual tournament where you just have students compete um on a math test or on a science fair now this tournament is as its name indicates special we have wizards competing against each other we have the three most prestigious magic school one against another, competing for one thing, the Triwizard uh, Cup. 
Oh, who's gonna be the champion at least? Oh, lost, sorry. Alright. And now we... We have the return of... Of, uh... Of, of the Triwizard Tournament, and everybody's excited to see if they could participate. And most importantly, if they could win. Since he who wins such a tournament will gain fame, power, influence, pretty much everything. Everything that a young student in Hogwarts, a teenager, wants. Now, this year, since we've encountered Ned Eaters previously, we have a little bit of a of, of special circumstances. And we have to sort of adapt to, to those. What are we gonna do? And more importantly, how is the Ministry of Magic gonna react? Now, since things are dangerous, let's put some sort of franchise to who can participate in this tournament. Let's put an age limit. You have to be at least, I think, 17 years old to participate. Which means that neither Harry, Ron, can participate. Right? Or at least that's what we might think. Now, to be to be to be completely fair with, with everyone, Dumbledore drew a magic circle that rejected every um, below seventeen years old student. Certain students tried to uh, go past Dumbledore's magic, but they weren't fortunate. But what if? Someone else with much more experience. What if someone as powerful as a professor could do the same tricks? Well, perhaps more powerful tricks. What would happen if someone decided to put a minus, uh, I mean, below 17 years old kid in the tournament? And that's what happened. Now, in the Harry Potter movie book we do not really know who did this but someone a very experienced and powerful wizard put harry's name in the goblet of fire and he did it with purpose because he knew what he was doing he knew what he was getting himself into and i believe that this character was mad eye and now this mad I is um, somewhat special and the reason for that is because it's not him let me explain we've seen how mad I was drinking polyjuice uh, during the entire first part of the series the movie in the book and we've seen previously in Harry's dream and during the Quidditch word cup disaster a young figure where we knew that it was Barty Crouch Jr. At this Barty just took Polyjuice potions to make himself make himself look like Mad-Eye, imprisoned him of course and manipulated the tournament to make sure that Harry was going to participate in it and the question, the, the question that it raises, well, why? Why did he want to give a young kid fame, power, influence, when he hates him? Because he is the one that 
took down his master, his lord, and that is Voldemort. So the question, the, the question that everybody asks himself is, why did he do that? Why would, it th why would you think of doing that? That's absurd. Now everybody, if everyone has his own reasons, so let's take this little question and answer it step by step. All right, we have those. We have, we, now, now, now that the Goblet of Fire chooses champions, all champions that will eventually participate in the tournament, what would happen? Well, first of all, who are they? Now we have Cedric, Cedric Diggory, have Fleur de la Cour, in French, if you'd prefer Fleur de la Cour. And we have Victor Crumb. Each one of those represents their own schools. But what if I told you that in this tri-wizard tournament there was a fourth champion. A fourth champion who was not really 17 years old. A fourth champion who is less experienced than all of those. A fourth champion is gonna compete against... Um... Three people much, much more powerful than him. Three people are willing to, to destroy themselves to win. What if I told you that Harry Potter himself was going to participate? Would you believe it? Well, I expect you to say yes, he's the main character. So everybody thinks that, everybody knows that he's going to do something special. And everybody knows that he's going to, that he's going to win. Um, it is without a doubt. Uh, something that everybody's waiting for, that everybody knows, basically. But yeah, Harry Potter, a below 17 years old kid, is going to participate in the tournament. So the question is this, well, isn't the school going to take some, some, some countermeasures? Why is this below 17 year old kid going to participate? He does not have the right to. Alright, that's impossible. That's what, uh, that's what, that's what each, um, each director, if you'd prefer, said. So Dumbledore was like, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Harry, did you put, you know, in the movie, so in the, in the book he said it, uh, I, um, and I say calmly, but in the movies we saw a more furious and angry, an angrier version of Dumbledore, where, we, where he was, Harry, did you put your name? You know, he was more of ma ma mad to to see that his his pu pupil was gonna take such risks. And unfortunately, since there is a magical contract binding the champions to participate, well, no one can really say anything. Harry Potter will and need to participate. It's there's no exceptions, even if it's Harry Potter himself. Now we go a little bit beyond this point. If it was, even if it was a little bit um, of a shock to everyone, Ron Weasley was particularly hit, knowing that his best friend. Did not tell him that, we, that he was going to participate. 
But yeah, everybody was shocked to see that Harry has... Harry did cheat after all. But, you know, fortunately enough, we are... We are... Um, fortunately enough, we have a Harry who... Who... Once again... Makes friends, friends with uh, Ron uh, after, or uh, after winning against the dragon. Uh, yeah. Um. By the way, he just fought a dragon and got out of it alive. So this, this is, this is uh, one of the most unfortunate moments and one of the most beautiful moments in the whole movie. Yeah. Just we're not going to talk about it since it was a little bit absurd to see a fourteen-year-old or fifteen-year-old Harry beat a dragon. Oh, uh, but yeah, let's go beyond this point. Let's talk about the Yule Ball. Now, this Yule Ball is a little bit exceptional since every year in each Trade Wizard tournament, there is such a bar that allows people to have, uh, to, to meet with each other, to have social, uh, to have a social gathering where everybody knows, everybody tries to approach each other um, you know, meet with new people, discover new things, and we have, um, we have to do something, whether it's, whether you're male or female, you have to find, um, someone to dance with. Now, what if I told you that young Harry, who's the chosen one who can slay dragons, who can do many things, was not really able to find anything, any girl to go to the ball with them, no one. Uh, just gonna put this out there, but he wasn't really able to. Uh, neither was Ron. Uh, yeah, uh, we have one of the best seekers in the whole Quidditch uh, team, uh, who also slays dragon, dragons. He um, fought. He for some reasons is able to fight to fight against uh, trolls. Um, is the main character. He's the chosen one. And for some reasons, he cannot get um, someone to dance with them. Yeah, just just let's let's. See. It doesn't make sense, right? But let's go beyond this. Fortunately, at the end, he he more of someone else's finds him, and they do the dance, etc. And we, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this since I have to. But we see this beautiful and wholesome Hermione. I mean, Emma Watson, at this moment, was just Miss Universe. You know, she was so glamorous, she was so wholesome, she was so... She was so noble. She was absolutely stunning, she was perfect. And uh, we have Fron, who, who was, um, was quite, quite good. Not gonna say anything about it. Not gonna insult him or anything. But it was, uh, it was quite normal. We have Harry, who's the the normal kid. Oh uh, yeah. Everybody dances. Everybody does his own things, and we go to 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 to, to something else afterwards. But. Let's talk about 
what really matters. Let's talk about how this fuel bar had a little more impact that we might think on other people's relationships. So you might think that Harry did nothing, did, 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 didn't get anything from this ball. Well, he fortunately managed to have, if I could say, certain interactions. He was able to dance first and foremost as um, a champion with his, uh, with his partner. He was able to do many things and it was really impressive. But he was not really able to talk with his crush. Talk about how much that is. So let's simply say that while Hermione was able to get to know people, talking about Chrome and uh, many others, uh, and um, Cedric also, floods are cool. More importantly, since she did go with um, a Hogwarts student, Harry was left behind. Um, unfortunately. We have, this is really fortunate since I believe that our, that our main character should, should get a little bit more into the, into, into the academic and school atmosphere than, uh, not, not more than others, but on, on the same heights, on the same pedestal. As we say in French, they have, uh, ils doivent être sur le même pedestal. They have to be on the same pedestal, if you'd prefer. Alright, now that we've talked about this, now that we've talked about social gatherings, the Yule Ball, and how Harry did not really profit out of it, let's talk about the second task of the Triwizard Tournament. The, so the second task was pretty much difficult to first and foremost understand, and it was difficult to, to, to do. You know? Um, so in both the theoretical and practical side, both of them were quite complex. And this is the reason why first we say that the Triwizard Tournament is difficult, even for fully grown students. And that is the reason why we tend to say that you need to be mature enough to have um, those kind, to, to, to ask yourselves those kind of questions that they are waiting for. So the second task basically they have to figure out that the egg means that um, you'd have to go underwater and save your friends because they were taken from you. Um, I believe something like we took what is precious to you, confined where our voices um, were, uh, where you are our voices. So it was basically, uh, it was, it was, it was somewhat of a coded message, but it was really interesting to figure out how to, to understand it. And Cedric Diggory, um, since he, uh, figured, figured it out, he helped Harry, since Harry helped him on the first task when he told them that it was dragons. But yeah, Harry did not only on the second task save Ron, his best friend. But also, um, the little sister of Fleur de la Cour. So it was pretty amazing to see that. I'm not going to give it much importance since it was just a wholesome and cool moment. But I believe that it was something that we should talk about. 
Well, we did, we did, we first, first of all, we had um, the chance to see that Harry prefers Ron uh, more than Hermione. First, first of all, and second of all, um, the Victor Crumb, who's one of the best players in the world, participating in the Quidditch World Cup, does not have anyone that that he loves, and the only emotional attachment that he has during this cure moment during this Triwizard Tournament is Hermione. So it was quite magical to, to see that. But let's go beyond this. Let's talk about the tour the third task. Now the third task was the most of you want. Many people lose it, many people stop being who they are, many people go around there not knowing where they're headed. So the question was this, so how does young Harry, he's not even mature yet, well get out of this forest first of all alive and second of all not lose it? How is a young Harry going to do that? It's obviously impossible for him to do so. But he's the main character, so we have nothing to worry about, right? Well, um, for us, we have something to worry about, actually. Now, knowing that everything happened this way, knowing that a Harry, uh, below 17 years old, was able to participate in a exclusively for more than 17 years old kids tournament, you know, knowing that um, a young Harry who does not even know enough spells was able to defeat a slayer dragon. Knowing that a young Harry is not even in is not even mentally mature yet to understand the meaning of the mis the, the hidden message between uh, behind our the egg was able to successfully get second place at the second task. Knowing that a Harry was able to successfully do all of those things without any mistake, it's quite suspicious. As we say, as the meme says, don't you find that suspicious? No. So, now that we know that, let's talk about what happened in this forbidden forest. Now, as I said previously in the first part of this episode, many people and I mean Cedric, Fleur, um, Victor and Harry were competing against each other. While Fleur lost it a little bit, she had to get rescued by Harry. Uh, we had a Victor who was bewitched. And as Cedric was full of rage, as Cedric who wanted glory, success, fame, influence, power, everything, everything that a tea like him once everything was in front of the was in front of his eyes so Cedric obviously would want to, to, to get it. And we had Harry who was neutral, who was not biased, who did not really want to pursue fame, money, success or anything. He just stood there, wanted to compete and wanted to participate in this competitive atmosphere ambience. He was caught between um, uh, on a 
I was caught between a fight with uh, between Victor and Cedric. Then after Cedric used a Expelliarmus charm on Cedric uh, on uh, Victor, it was from there that the catastrophe began. And I'm not saying that because it was, uh, it was the summon of competitiveness between two people when I'm talking about Harry and Cedric. No, I'm saying that because this is what led to 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 everything. This is what led to to Dumbledore's death. This is what led to Snape's death. This is what led to to to, to many things. We have it we had a I I think that it's more of the because of the Cedric a selfish Cedric who wanted to pursue money, fame, and success, that those things happened. I think that if Cedric choose, chose at this point to simply be normal, not wanting to pursue money, success, or fame, he wouldn't have died first and foremost, and we would have, we wouldn't have this kind of story. You know, we would not have to deal with uh, many people dying, many people losing their lives, many people losing their homes, families, to the Death Eaters, to Lord Voldemort's army. You know, and I'll say it and I'll say it again, maybe it was because of Cedric Diggory that all of this happened. I know that many people love Cedric for his intelligence, for many things. Well, we all we, we all gotta admit that for, for for that he had he had if not the biggest impact on the story, and if his bad decision making at that time was if only a little bit just a little bit right, we might have that we might not not having to deal with uh, to deal with uh, such a such a fate, but. In the Harry Potter universe, I believe that everything is pretty much fated. And um, I can justify that by, uh, as, an, uh, as an argument, talking about the prophecies. Harry is the chosen one and everything was, um, was pretty much decided. Many prophecies, I believe, are true in, in the Harry Potter universe. Especially for a kid who was born as a miracle and made a miracle himself and he is himself a miracle indeed oh so yeah it was because of a bad decision making from Cedric Diggory that he who pursued money and success until the end and got to the goblet of fire with Harry and now we sort of reversed the roles Harry, when when Cedric told Harry to 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 take it, to take it, he 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 deserves it. He was the one who saved him, and Harry told him that Harry, as Cedric said this time around, that Cedric too should take it because they both deserve it. And this is this was this was this was bad. Like how how could you? I mean. I mean, he's not to blame. Harry, Harry, Harry is very just with people. He's 
he thinks of he has a good he has a beautiful um a beautiful way of thinking he wants to give glory to everyone who deserves it and um it's only right to do that but you know since he does not know he's not able to see the future but what if what if he didn't do that just imagine if he took the goblet of fire you know and after that um he would have had a lot of bit of time to, to escape from Voldemort and then all the story would be taken end you know since Harry would since Harry would go to become more powerful he would learn many spells and he would be able to de to defend himself so yeah it was because of both Cedric and Harry that everything did go down to what we know um what we know today if Harry chose to just take that damn goblet of fire just for himself everything would have been would have been better and so this thing got me asking well is it better during uh, sometimes at certain occasions to be selfish for the sake of everyone or should we your or should we all seek justice should you all seek the same thing since it's, it, it teaches us many things a lot of lessons yeah I mean in, no, nobody can really know anything nobody can really expect the goblet to be a bold key nobody can can know it and even if you have even if you're immeasurably intelligent cannot foresee such a turn of events and this is what I'm thinking of is it was it made on purpose to teach us that sometimes you have to be selfish and to take things by yourself to sort of you know not have those after not, not have such an aftermath you know, to, to just think, do things by yourself. Is it something that we should think of this way? It's, it's such a deep, deep form. Those are such deep questions that I ask myself, but, you know, I still believe that there is, there is definitely something to learn from this scene. And uh, now that we're talking about it, I'll tell you what happened next, what happens next. We have Harry and Cedric, it takes he take, both of them take the Goblet of Fire, um, who happens to be a Porky as well. They teleport to um, Lord Voldemort's father, father's grave, where a weak version of Lord Voldemort is waiting for him. You know, Cedric is unfortunately um, dead because of a about the cadaver spill and we have a Harry who's sort of you know who cannot really move at all so not to give any not to, to talk or to use any sensitive terms words I'm not gonna say how they precisely cut Harry 
but they made use of his blood to revive Lord Voldemort. And uh, from that point onwards, it was all just a catastrophe. Lord Voldemort was once again I revived. He was uh he was Lord Voldemort was once again here. He was it was it was Lord Voldemort's rebirth and uh he he um he just um called the Dirt Eaters we we saw we saw uh, Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy, and we saw many others. And this, and after that, we when when Lord Voldemort. Well, I'm not gonna say Lord Voldemort anymore. Let's just go with Voldemort. When Voldemort noticed Harry, they had a little bit of a duel. It was more of a of a. It was more of a. I would say. One. Uh, I mean, a one-sided fight. But Voldemort literally just pretty much destroyed Harry. And knowing that Harry is the main character, he was obviously saved by external factors. Talking about his de dead dear lady, uh, his dead mom, Lily Potter, dear Lily Potter, father, who managed to make some time to... To, to let him escape and uh that was how he how it did go but it did, did it, 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 it's it was a little bit of a sad scene when when harry did bring cedric's body to his father we saw those tears those those tears of both anger and sadness from his father's eyes when we saw how he screamed, my boy, when he screamed of sadness to, 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 I don't know, to who, to the skies maybe, to, 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 to Lord Voldemort, to, to everyone who was there, to the one who, 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 who did cause such a, such, such a turn of events, and in this case he, might have been Cedric, so it would be quite difficult to imagine that both of those sad screams and angry, or more of a anger screams, were heading towards Cedric. You know, it's a little bit paradoxical to think of it this way, but that's how it, that's just how it is. And we really can't we really can go beyond those limits since yeah limits were established established by JK Rowling not to go beyond those and not to think further than those. So just we we we'll, we'll still be there. This, this was a very sad scene. Everybody was screaming Fleur de la Cour. Once people noticed that Cedric Hester was killed, from that point onwards everything was bad. People were screaming, they were shouting. It was it was quite difficult to deal with. You know. But once we got beyond this point, we've arrived, we've reached the final um the final lap 
in the final sprints, where we discovered that Medai was not actually Medai, and it was more of a, of a, of another version of him, or another ver, another person who was under the appearance of Medai, and that is, as I said previously, Balti Cross Junior. Abalti Crush Jr. is someone who's purely evil. In many movies, we see those characters who do not have any anger towards the word. Those people that 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 the word haven't done anything bad against them. They do not have any grudges against the word. They just want to see it burn. Um, those kind of characters are. Really special. They're really interesting to read about. It's really interesting to read about them to see them on a big screen. I can talk about, for example, um, for example, uh, the Joker, Batman. I can talk about, um, I can give the example of um, as um. Um, how is it called? Oh, you know, I, I was kind of going to say Darth Vader. No, Darth Vader actually was the chosen one, so it, it does not really count. Anakin Skywalker was the chosen one, so it does not really count. Um, Palpatine. Uh, uh, just, just, um, I don't know how to say it in English, but in French we say Palpatine, pa Palpatine, uh, for souls, the one who's behind the scenes, is is just manipulating everyone. You know, so those characters just want to see the world burn. And Balti, Balti Jr. happens to be one of them. He finds that the most appropriate way to burn that word of, 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 of his would it be to follow and to help Lord Voldemort that he so... that he dedicate himself to so much and that's what he does and he does it quite efficiently and it was at the same time but interesting and deceiving to see that at the end of the day he was um... he was... well... It was uh, everything, every, everyone knew that he was an imposter. In French, we say Prince Flagrandelli. So, yeah. It was, it was quite a shock to. You know, I mean, it, it might be, it might have been a 4D chess move from J.K. Rowling when she decided to both make it really interesting and at the same time really shocking. You know, it might have been, it might have. Create it. She might have done it um, purposely to create a special effects on the readers or in in the reader. But yeah, she might have done that. But she might have done that with um, with whatever intention it was. It was made for. Yeah. So now we've we've freed Mad Eye. We've punished. Um, punished by Balti Crutch Jr. soon going to go back to Azkaban and everything's fine right well it happens to be 
Ronald Voldemort is here. Cedric Digger is dead. Um, the aftermath is is supposedly unknown, but everybody knows what will happen. Streets will get destroyed. People will get killed. People will get to get traumatized from such such events because of that it is. So, <clears throat> at the end of the day, the champion of the Triwizard Cup is none other than Harry Potter himself, the youngest, the youngest Triwizard Tournament champion, the chosen one, the genius, the miracle, the living miracle, and Dumbledore. I know it is that Voldemort is finally back. Everyone knows what will happen. And yeah. So in this in this book, this movie, many themes were 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 talked about, many themes were bringed to the surface, many things were many many themes were um were were introduced to us, prejudice, rivalry, consequences of using dark magic. Um, self, selfishness, justice, should we, should we go with justice all the time or should we think of being a little bit selfish from time to time? Should we trust those who are, those that we think of as professors, those that we think of as want to help? Talking about Mad-Eye, who's uh, talking about Barticlus Juniors, this guy does Mad-Eye. Should you talk about, should we talk about how certain people know success? But do not have any emotional attachments to anyone and anything. Talking about Victor. You know, it was just a beauty, it was really a beauty to see such a movie, to read such a book. I well, prefer to call it, since it's my favorite movie, the perfect, not the most beautiful, chaotic beast. Um, I believe that J.K. Rowling did put everything that she had into this very beautiful, but chaotic beast. As always, thank you everyone for tuning in. Don't forget, if you enjoyed. Um, just leave a comment. If there's anything that you want me to improve on, um, I'll put a, I'll put a, I'll put a, I'll put a question, you know. So, you know, don't forget to subscribe. Check out the blog, the YouTube. You know, everything's there in the description. Every links. I hope that I'll see you in the next episode, and that is the chapter five, Harry Potter, and the Order of the Phoenix. One of the most beautiful, and yet, one of the most sad Harry Potters there is out there. We lost one of the one of the greatest characters known to the Harry Potter saga, and that is Sirius Black himself, murdered by his cousin Bellatrix Lestrange. As we say, sometimes those that we think of as family might betray us. We never know what happens, and. I'll leave it to you to decide whether you should trust people or not. But I do 
at the end of the day have some faith still in humanity certain people like Emma Chamberlain some certain people like Lex Fridman Elon um Emma Watson inspiring me to be great day after day to help people and more importantly to have a positive impact on the world and my podcast is a way for me to do so hope you enjoyed and I leave you